you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant. Still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. Big show for you on this Wednesday. On the other side of the glass there, we've got producer Justin and the specialist. Everybody wave. What's going on? I know we need a camera shot of you guys so people can, like, see you in for there real. at some point so, uh, so they know what's going on. So they know that I'm not just making it up and I'm not just, you know, fabricating, uh, you know, fake people. Unlike birds. Birds aren't real. Anyway, uh, joining me, of course, here to my left, the one and only Michael F. Florio, and uh, welcome to, to Wednesday. We are we're in week eleven now, so we are rapidly closing in on the end of this season. Yeah, for real. And uh, it's week eleven already. I can't believe that. I can't believe that there's people out there who believe birds are in fact real because we all know that they They're are not. not. No uh, way. But. Uh, yeah, fun fun Wednesday morning so far with you. Got plenty to talk about uh, on the show today. We have, as always, our three big questions for Week 11. That will get you the game previews as we go through the Thursday and Sunday schedule. And, of course, uh, we'll finish off with some sleepers for the upcoming week. But let's get started, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. Uh, maybe one of the biggest ones of this week so far. Cordero Patterson is dealing with a sprained ankle and is very likely to miss the Thursday night game against the New England Patriots. Um, I would have said in August, there's no way we'd be talking about Cordero Patterson in a you know serious fantasy relevant capacity. But here we are. He's been amazing all year long. So losing him uh, going to be a big blow to a lot of fantasy rosters. That moves Mike Davis up the pecking order. It does bring Wayne Gallman into effect. Uh, but I guess for, for Mike Davis, I mean, how much do you trust starting him? Because he's had a pretty big role and he hasn't done much with it this year. Yeah, I, I, as of right now, I in my rankings, if you go and check on NFL.com, I have him, Gallman, and Mike Davis both as flex options. But I did see this morning, I uh, haven't got to update the rankings yet, but that Arthur Smith basically said that Wayne Gallman saw so much usage last week because the Falcons were getting blown out and they knew they had a game Thursday night, so they wanted to rest the starters and keep them fresh. So I am going to be lowering Gallman a bit and raising Mike Davis. I think when it's all said and done, though, He'll still come in as like a high end, like around RB, like because I I think after like RB twenty three this week it gets gross, extremely <laughs> fast. So he'll come in in that range, like as, as a high end flex option, but not someone that I'm super excited to get into my starting lineups. Yeah, I mean Wayne Gallman, I, I do think it's funny that we're like, hey Wayne Gallman, uh, you're you're gonna be the innings eater right now. Like you know what, <laughs> we just need you to run some clock for us. Uh, so that that is not encouraging, and just the way Mike Davis has performed as 
still technically the lead running back there in Atlanta, uh, is not really encouraging. The Patriots have been pretty good against opposing run games, so I don't. If you're in a pinch, I get it. I don't know that I'd be super excited uh, about starting Mike Davis this week. Um, in San Francisco, it's been a different story with Elijah Mitchell. He's been fantastic all year long. He has been the 49ers rookie running back that we should have been talking about uh, instead of people like hyping up Trey Sermon. He has a broken finger. His status for this week is uncertain right now. So this means it's Jeff Wilson Jr. time? If Mitchell can't suit up, yes. It, it, Jeff Wilson Jr. is the next in the pecking order. We know it is not Trey Sermon. I mean, Wilson was the backup running back last week. Uh, he got, you know, with Jermichael Hasty sideline, like it was Wilson they turned to, not Sermon. So the Sermon thing is gone, but... I, I still cannot rule out Elijah Mitchell because Kyle Shanahan came out and said, like, yeah, you know, yeah, he broke his finger, but we're hoping he could practice and play this week. Uh, my question is, like, in a game where you had such a big lead, why did Elijah Mitchell get 27 carries? <laughs> Maybe it would have been good to get the other backs a little bit more involved. But uh, we were joking before the show, this guy's basically Wolverine. It feels like every week he's dealing with a severe injury and then he's just out there playing. So if Mitchell suits up, I think you start him. If he sits, then I think you start Jeff Wilson Jr. Well, I mean, if we're going with the X-Men theme, he apparently absorbed Raheem Mostert's powers because that's what Raheem <laughs> Mostert was all those weeks where it's like, hey, Mostert is, is doubtful and he hasn't practiced all week, and suddenly on Sunday he suits up and he you know runs for like 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, maybe Eli Mitchell is that. Although I do have concerns. Uh, your job is to hold on to the football. It seems like it would be more difficult to do with a broken finger. That's just me. These, these players are are a different beast. They really are. Though. No, they're a different breed from from you know us mortals uh, <laughs> sitting here in a studio with headsets on doing the show. Uh, look, if he's playing, obviously you're playing Eli Mitchell. If you've got Jeff Wilson, though, you know, hang on. Keep an eye on the news reports. Keep an eye on the practice reports as we get through Friday and Saturday, and we'll get a better idea of the, the situation. Because the matchup's not bad. I mean, no. they got the Jaguars this week. so I, I would say just check your waiver wire real quick in case Jeff Wilson, he might still be out there. So if you have Mitchell, or even if you don't, you just need a running back this week, he's a good stash candidate just in case right now. Absolutely. Uh, more running back news. This in New York. Saquon Barkley could be back for this week's game uh, for the New York football Giants. It looked like uh, what a couple weeks ago we thought maybe he'd be back he caught COVID then he came off the COVID list but it was still uh, the injury issue that kept him out hopefully he's back I mean there's not much to say here right if he's back you're starting him right yeah like I have him ranked as my RB20 this week because of the matchup and because it would be his first game back but even so like there's it, running back dries up so fast this week that yeah if Saquon's there you start him all right uh Go back to Monday night, right? Uh, last week we talked about the Monday night game. This week it, it also is worth sort of kind of rehashing a little bit. One, because I think it caught just about everybody by surprise with the Niners kind of ambushing the Rams and getting a big win there. But for the second straight week, it was a rough night for Matthew Stafford through an interception very early. It was interesting because on the very first play, they complete a short pass to Odell Beckham Jr. Then a couple plays later, it's this long pass downfield uh, where Odell was... I guess the intended target, but there were two 49er defenders back there. Uh, Stafford ended up throwing a pick six. He just had another rough night. So after two bad games in a row, and mind you, the Rams are on a bye this week. Um, what is your concern level for Matthew Stafford? It's still low as of now. I think part of it is because the bye week, I think it'll allow uh, the offense to reset. Um, 
I, like a division game against a, a team like San Francisco, weird stuff happens in those games. And San Francisco is still a pretty good defense. So I'm not holding that one against him. And the Titans defense has been red hot. So I think he's just kind of found two hot teams right now. And on Monday night, there was a lot of drops. I, I will say, though, Stafford just looked off on Monday night. Like, he was throwing behind receivers. He was throwing high all night. I have a little bit of concern because a couple weeks ago, we started to hear that his back was getting tight, and we know that's been an issue for him. But I think it, I, I'm expecting the Rams to look like the Rams again after the bye. If they don't, then I'd have a very different answer to this question. Yeah, I'd say I'm, my, my concern level is mild. It's growing a little bit. It's growing in part because... The thing we've heard the last couple of weeks from the teams they've played is that there's this feeling that the Rams aren't ready for physical football games, that they can be kind of pushed around and beat up a little bit. It seems like the Titans kind of did that. The Niners certainly went out and did their best to do that and, and rattled them a little bit. So I'm curious to see if the Rams can take this bye week to sort of get right, if they can retool some things. So I'm not ready to panic on Matthew Stafford just yet, but it is something that I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on uh, to see. Uh, elsewhere, Cooper Cup. Fantasy MVP, like, is it over? Is is the race done at this point? It, it feels like it. Like, I, I want to make a case for, like, maybe Debo Samuel or something. And I know they the Rams haven't had their buy yet, so Cooper Cup's had an extra game. But as of right now, Tyreek Hill is the only receiver within 60 fantasy points <laughs> of Cooper Cup. And he is well over 40 behind him. So, like, Cooper Cup is just lapping the position right now. I, I think, and especially for where you were getting him, because he was, he was the cheapest he has been in years this year. So, yeah, I think he is the runaway MVP as of now. He is right now about 36 points ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes scored 36 points this past week. That was his high for the season, right? And that, 36 points is a ridiculous total in for anybody in any given week. So, basically, it would take Mahomes having another bananas week uh, against the Cowboys to catch Cooper Cup. Uh so I yeah I assume that Cooper Cup's still going to be the top scoring player in fantasy when Week 11 is done. Which is I, I mean we always say like oh they're the top scorer of non quarterbacks because quarterbacks just always <laughs> lap everyone. Cooper Cup is lapping every quarterback. I mean this is a season unlike one that we've had recently. Like when's the last time a receiver was this much better than the field? It's it's insane what he is doing and he did it on Monday uh, with having not really a great game. The Rams are kind of awful, but he still put up what twenty three points that's the thing like if when you watch this isn't the first time this year where like I've watched the Rams play and be like oh Cooper Cups had a down game and then you look and it's like oh wait he had like close to 25 fantasy points he had 122 yards look at that (laughs) didn't didn't feel like it but but there we are Uh, there are a couple teams on by here in week 11 it's the Broncos and the Rams who get the week off so that means there are some notable players that will not be available to you Uh, the quarterback spot Teddy Bridgewater who uh, has apparently been answering questions about his uh, willingness to tackle whatever um He's going to be off this week. Matthew Stafford, uh, we just talked about. He's going to be off this week. Uh, Some running backs of note, definitely. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and Daryl Henderson. Your wide receivers, you got Jerry Judy. I guess you could say Cortland Sutton. I don't know. Uh, On the other side, obviously, Cooper Cup is off this week. No Odell, no Van Jefferson. uh, And at tight end, you're missing Noah Fant and Tyler Higbee. All right. We got three big questions for week 11 to help you not mess up your fantasy football lineup. So uh, let's start. We talked about the Rams and their recent struggles. Uh, Let's talk about the 49ers, though, because we mentioned this uh, last week about Jimmy Garoppolo sort of making us wait for Trey Lance. And 
fantasy-wise, he wasn't spectacular on Monday night, just about 15 and some change. Uh, they didn't really need him because they ran the ball so effectively. But at this point, it feels like Jimmy Garoppolo is a long ways away from getting benched, right? He is doing enough and is playing well enough that he's going to stay on the field. So since he's going to be on the field, do we need to think about starting him in right matchups? I think so, and that's what this week is. Like, it's a favorable matchup against the Jags. The only concern I have is, like, are they? is it going to be similar to last week where they get a little lead and then they just run the ball the entire second half? But last week I was, like, speculating that if the, if the Niners lost to the Rams, maybe they turn to Trey Lance. They are definitely not going to be doing that right now. At 4-5, and five, they're a half a game out of the 7th seed and a game out of the 6th seed. So they're very much still in this race. I don't know if we... When we see Trey Lance at this point, but I know that it's not coming anytime soon. This is Jimmy G's team still in. Yeah, I think he's a streamable option this week and in favorable matchups. The thing that is helping the 49ers is hurting fantasy managers in that, as you mentioned, they are half a game out of the last playoff spot. They are a game out of the sixth seed uh, in the NFC. So the fact that the NFC is sort of top-heavy with a whole bunch of middling teams kind of hanging around. That's good for San Francisco. That means they're still in this race, and they don't have to maybe make a whole lot of changes. We want changes. We want Trey Lance. Uh, and that's not happening anytime soon. So I do think, you know, I think at this point, let's just, let's just chalk it up, right? Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a matchup-based quarterback. Over the last month, he is the QB7, and he is available in about 90% of NFL.com leagues. Uh, so, you know, if you're, especially if you're in a 2QB league, a Superflex league, uh, he should definitely be on rosters. And um, I don't know, does this mean, are we dropping Trey Lance now? Like, what do we do with Trey Lance? I ha- I've been holding Trey Lance all year in a just a 10-team, two-quarterback league, and I dropped him this past week because I, I was like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I don't ex- anticipate it coming, especially if the Niners win this week against the Jags like we're expecting them to. Like They are 100% right back in the race then. and So I, I-, I dropped him there. The only spot I'm holding him is in a super flex keeper league because I'm thinking like someone might trade, him, uh, trade me for him. But besides that, in just regular seasonal leagues, I think you can can drop Trey Lance. I think especially as you're starting to make a playoff push, like that that roster spot becomes valuable, and it just doesn't make sense to hold it for a guy that doesn't look like he's getting on the field uh, anytime soon. Speaking of getting back on the field, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is expected to be back this week for the Kansas City Chiefs. They got a huge game uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that uh, in just a little bit, but. In his absence, uh, Daryl Williams has stepped in and played well. We've seen Derek Gore step in and do things. So if CEH is back, what do we do about this Chiefs backfield? Uh, it's not great at all right now. Uh, I, I just I think it's better, honestly, when CH was out because then we knew at least the bulk of the work was going to Daryl Williams. I think right now... It's a big question mark because what I'm anticipating at least is a lot of CEH on the ground with Daryl Williams getting the bulk of targets, which is not what we thought when they drafted Clyde edwards Lair. <laughs> we were like, this guy is going to unlock the Chiefs passing game. And it's actually been Daryl Williams. I mean, we saw that catch that Daryl Williams made in the end zone the other day. So I think as of right now, CH is like an RB2, maybe even a flex option, but I think Darrell Williams is as well until we get clarity because Williams, when they were both healthy, was also getting the work near the goal line. So I, I'm not ready to say yet that he can just fully be benched. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely holding on to Darrell Williams. I, 
I guess I would probably play him as a flex if I, depending on my situation or what it is. I'm just very curious as to how this is going to work out. Because um, I think even before the injury, I think the Chiefs sort of were feeling like uh, maybe they need to kind of give Ceh some help or arrest him a little bit because he just he was fine. He wasn't great. So I do think there's going to be a role for Daryl Williams. I'm curious as to what that is, how big it's going to be, um, and so like. Don't drop him. Don't give up on him just yet. But, you know, do, to take a wait and see attitude. Do you think there's a chance that that Williams could be the lead back now, even with CH back? <sighs> I don't – I feel it's going to be like a 1-1-A sort of thing. Yeah. Where I don't know that we have a clear definition of who the lead Which back is. Which is awful. That's the worst, actually. Yeah. Like, that's even worse. <laughs> like, just give us a, a 1 and a 2. But I, I don't think that they're going to do that. So, um, this is going to be a big week, I think, to kind of figure out how things are going to go in that offense. Um Staying in the division, Darren Waller, a guy that that a lot of us, myself included, spent up in drafts to go get. I mean, he was a second round, third round pick in a whole lot of drafts. And this point has been pretty underwhelming right now. I mean, he is a top 10 tight end. He's actually, uh, you know, is hanging around there. But it's not pretty. Uh, In the last few weeks, especially have not been pretty. He is your tight end seven right now. How worried are we about a guy, though, who hasn't scored a touchdown since week four? I'm I'm starting to get pretty worried about him. I, I, not in the sense where, like, you're dropping him or even benching him because he's still giving you pretty much double-digit fantasy points each week, and that is enough to make him a tight end one. Plus, we know the upside that he brings. Like, we saw it in week one where he had twenty, nearly 27 fantasy points. But week one and week nine are the only games this year where he has more than eight targets in a game. To me, it feels like defenses are like, okay, we know this is their one big piece that we have to defend. Like, there was a play uh, against the Chiefs this past week where they had three defenders on him. And to me, it feels like the Raiders are content being like, okay, he's going to draw all the defensive attention, and we're just going to give the ball to, like, Hunter Renfro instead of being like, hey, let's design plays to get Darren Waller open and in space. So... That is kind of frustrating, but I still think, uh, yes, he's not living up to the the price we paid on draft day, and and I was super high on Darren Waller coming into the year, but you're still starting him. I don't think you're dropping him or anything like that. I mean, that's the thing. You're still starting him because the rest of the tight end, you're not going to find options with a higher ceiling than Darren Waller out there on the waiver wire, but the Raiders are spreading the ball around more. I mean, I think when they changed play callers after they lost John Gruden and Greg Olson took over the play calling, um, you've seen more people get involved in this offense, right? We, we have seen uh, more Hunter Renfro. We have seen a lot more of Kenyon Drake uh, involved in this offense. And so they're finding other options. As you mentioned also, defenses are sort of scheming to take Waller away. And, and I don't remember who I, I saw tweet this, and so I apologize for that. But what we're getting out of Darren Waller this year is sort of what a lot of people, myself included, thought we would see from him last year, right? Two years ago, he had the big breakout year, and a lot of us were like, okay, well, touchdown regression's going to hit. He can't keep this up. And then last year, he did it again. And so we're like, oh, so maybe this is just how it is with Darren Waller. Uh, and then we're learning that this year, is that's, that's not just how it is with Darren Waller. Uh, they're finding other ways to, to move the football. So I'm very concerned, but I'm also with you. Um, I'm not not starting him. It's just another year where Travis Kelsey... This is going to be the sixth straight year where Travis Kelsey's the tight end. And even Travis Kelsey isn't having the kind of Travis Kelsey no. year that we anticipated. But I, I, at some point, we just got to be like, this is the greatest fantasy tight end ever. I, I mean, maybe he is. He's he's knocking on the door of Gronk, man, yeah. for, for that title. Um, Kyle Pitts. 
He might be coming. He might be what's next. Oh, I, I hope mean, so. I mean, look, here's the, I, I, we didn't plan to talk about Kyle Pitts, but here it is. He's, he's been okay. He hasn't been anything special, but he's the tight end six right now. So uh, once he gets comfortable. Next year in drafts, I know this is way off topic, but he's probably going to be the tight end two off the board. He, right? I, think I think he really will be, actually. Because Waller's having a down year. Kittle missed a lot of time again. Mm-hmm. I, I think the fan, and, and fantasy players love hype. Right. Kittle's gonna, uh, Pitts is going to have all of that. He's, we have him as a fantasy tight end, too, right now. By the time we get to August, he'll be coming off the board for Kelsey. I just know it. I know it's going to happen. Time for a break. When we come back, some game previews next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, that gets us uh, to the start of our game previews for week 11. Uh, Let's start with the Thursday night football game, Patriots at Falcons. I heard once upon a time they played a game against each other that sort of counted for something big, and one team coughed up a big lead. I don't know if that's true. That could be a conspiracy theory, like, you know, the whole, like, powdered donut thing. I don't know. Um, Anyway, as we're looking at this game, and I don't know what the by the way I don't know what the powdered donut theory is. It just showed up in my mentions. I'm afraid, if if it's something obscene, then don't. Then, then I didn't mention this at all. <laughs> I didn't say it. Uh, I'll have to go YouTube it later. Uh, anyway, Patriots at Falcons. What are we looking at fantasy wise? I think you could start the Patriots starting running back, whether that is Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson this week. Uh, Harris return to practice this week. It was limited. He's still very up in the air with it being a short week, but the Falcons have allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs on the season behind only the Jets and the Seahawks. So I think the lead back for the Pats is definitely a must-start option. Stevenson looked like a beast the other day. I'm actually even thinking even if Harris plays, I think you could uh, use Stevenson as a flex option because it's looking like he'll get work in the passing game and maybe they want to ease back the, the workload of Damian Harris. I don't I'm having a hard time, Marcus, envisioning how the Patriots can get away from Stevenson, given how good he has looked. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's completely going away. I mean, I feel. I still think Damian Harris uh, is the lead back there, but but Stevenson has been so good, and and we know that Bill Belichick likes to use more than one running back. So I think he definitely has some, you know, kind of some low end RB two potential. Uh, if Harris for whatever reason can't go, then that that rockets up even more uh, against a bad Falcons defense. Um, Cowboys at Chiefs. We sort of hinted at this game. That is, to me, the marquee game on the schedule this week. Two teams with uh, aspirations of a Super Bowl this year. Uh, I would say, you know what, though? Kind of beware of Dalton Schultz. And this is maybe sort of a Darren Waller situation where you're not not starting him because you're not going to find a better option. But one... His production over the last few weeks has been down. And the Chiefs have been just sort of middle of the road. Like, the the numbers say that they have been kind of bad against tight ends. They gave up a huge game to Dawson Knox early in the season where he had 117 yards and a touchdown, but only three catches. Beyond that, most of the tight end performances have been kind of middling where, you know, one of the better ones has been maybe 10 and a half, 11 points sort of thing. And when you're talking about the Cowboys getting their offense going, spreading the football around, we saw C.D. Lamb have the big game last week. Uh, Amari Cooper is still 
still there. We know that Tony Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott are still going to work in. Um, this is a situation where it could be another sort of mediocre at best week for Dalton Schultz. So you're starting him. I get it. Uh, I just might not be great again this week for him. Yeah, I, I know it was one game, Marcus, but uh, this guy was the, like, the leading target for weeks. And then the first game with Michael Gallup back, Dalton Schultz had a 6% target share. That was behind Lamb, Pollard, Gallup, Cooper, and Zeke. I, I I'm pretty worried about him after that week. Uh, it just it has not been the same for him uh, over the last few weeks. So uh, something just to keep in mind. This is the portion of the show where I talk about TikTok and how you should follow us on TikTok at NFL Fantasy on TikTok. You can also follow me on TikTok at Marcus Grant on TikTok. Have I said TikTok enough for you? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> uh, let's get back to our game previews, though. Uh, Saints and the Eagles. Uh, a couple teams that, uh, you know, there's a lot going on at running back. We know hopefully Alvin Kamara is back. We know Mark Ingram had the big week last week. The Eagles look like they're more interested in running the football lately. Uh, where are you going? What should people be paying attention to in this one? I think you should beware of the Eagles running backs, whoever it may be. Miles Sanders was activated. He's uh, off the IR, so now he could be active in the next three weeks. Uh, I know they're kind of saying they expect him back this week. Just monitor that. But even if Sanders is back this week, I'm saying beware of him. The Saints have given up the third fewest fantasy points to running backs this year, and that includes just 54 rushing yards per game. Plus, if it is Sanders' first game back, Marcus, I still have some concern like, are they going to get Jordan Howard or Boston Scott a little bit more utilized? Especially a concern that I have is like, is Jordan Howard near the goal line going to go away? Because he has been very effective there. And if that's the case, it becomes a fantasy nightmare for the Eagles running backs. I know a lot of people are excited to have Miles Sanders back. I just think this is a week to be a little weary of him. Uh, yeah, I definitely would be, be very concerned about Eagles running backs this week. Uh, are we still holding on to Jordan Howard, even with Miles Sanders back? I think you could drop him. All right. But it borderline, right? He's a good backup if, in case anything happens to Sanders. Yeah, I just this is another, like we talked about watching what happens with the Chiefs' backfield. I would keep an eye on how the the, the Eagles are using their running backs this, too. This is the time of year too where buys are starting to be behind us, where your handcuffs become important to have on your roster. So yeah. if you have Sanders, especially, I think you hold on to Howard. All right, uh, Bengals at the Raiders. And remember those days uh, not all that long ago when we were plugging CJ Uzama as a streamable option? They're back! We're back to streaming CJ Uzama. We can do it against the Raiders. Uh, they have been one of the worst defenses against tight ends all season long. And look, it, we have said this repeatedly, and it remains true. If you are streaming tight ends, if you're playing the waiver wire at the position, you just want a guy who has the potential to score a touchdown. And Uzama does that, especially against this Raiders defense. Uh, look, we know that in the passing game, Jamar Chase is getting most of the work. We'll probably see T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd has been mostly a no-show, so I think you know you could even make a case that Uzama, maybe the number three option uh, in the passing game, uh, depending on where you put Joe Mixon. But either way, uh, you just need a couple catches. Maybe he breaks a tackle or two. He ends up in the end zone, and uh, that's all you need. You see right there, fifth among tight ends in points per game since week four. So uh, C.J. Uzama, back in our lives. Who would have thought it?
<laughs> uh, Packers at the Vikings. Big big matchup in the NFC North. What are we doing here? I, I think A.J. Dillon is a must-start option with Aaron Jones out this week. Uh, it, it's a favorable matchup, but A.J. Dillon just showed us last week why we should all get so excited for him. 23 touches, over 27 fantasy points. He scored two touchdowns. What I love is he's getting utilized in the passing game as well. He had nearly as many receiving yards as rushing yards this past week. So uh, I, I think that he is an RB1, Marcus, with Aaron Jones sidelined. I think his upside is... It's like top five if he's going to be getting like close to 23 touches. We know Quadzilla, he could break those uh, long plays. So I, I, I really like him. I think if you were lucky enough to either have him on your roster or get him off the waiver wire, you put him in your starting lineup right away. This has been one of the, I think, fantasy industry consensus picks for the week. Uh, and look, a lot of us loved A.J. Dillon before that, so it's not like he just popped up on our radar. But I think everybody has sort of loved him. Uh, I know what we say when everybody loves a player that it somehow goes sideways. I think this is going to be okay. Uh, I'm with it. I think you got to start A.J. Dillon this week. Uh, Ravens at the Bears. And if we're going to stay on the tight end train, let's go with a deep sleeper of Cole Komet. Uh, and I, I get it. The, the Bears passing game has been not great. Uh, it has been inconsistent at best. But it seems like Justin Fields is starting to turn a corner. The last time we saw him, you know, it, it was ugly at the start, but but there were some moments in that last game where it looked like he was actually kind of figuring some things out. The Ravens have been consistently bad against the tight end position. Um, they're not the worst anymore. That's the Eagles. Uh, but the Ravens aren't too far away. So uh, I'd say if you're looking for a deep sleeper, this is probably more of a DFS play than maybe in a, a more traditional league sort of thing. But Cole Komet uh, has a chance. Again, all you want is a touchdown. Couple catches and a touchdown. They could happen. Justin Fields loves throwing his way too, so I, I like this call a good amount. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we got the 49ers at the Jaguars. That one is next up. We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and what we're doing with him. We talked about their running back situation. Uh, anything else we should be talking about? Yeah, I think with the Niners, their offense is kind of straightforward. You know who to start. So I'm, I'm going to focus on the Jaguars here. And I know it's, it's James Robinson and then not really many others you want to start. But I think you could start Dan Arnold this week against the 49ers. Dan Arnold has just been consistent as of late. He's got at least five targets in each of the last five games. Games with seven or more in four of those. He's top double-digit fantasy points in every game that he's had at least seven targets in. And he is actually their top target since they traded for him. I know when they made that move, none of us thought it was a big, really fantasy impact type of move. It has been. He is their wide receiver one right now. Slight hiccup for him as James o o O'Shaughnessy is set to return this week, but I think he is purely depth. I don't see how the Jaguars get away from Dan Arnold right now. So basically, um, between Robbie Anderson and Dan Arnold, I, Sam Darnold seems to be the... the there, there's common a common, a common uh, trend there. there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, he had uh, Darnold had Robbie Anderson locked up. He apparently had Dan Arnold locked up in fantasy football jail too. So uh, I guess... Good for Dan Arnold. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we got some starts and sits for you here. We also have some starts and sits for you every week on the Stardom Sitem Show. Wow, interesting title. Uh, it's Rank, it's Florio, it's Kimmy, it's Money Guns, it's a whole bunch of fun stuff. 4 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, the NFL Fantasy app, the NFL app, NFL.com, and uh, YouTube. 
And I know the other day, I think Kimmy found uh, some some fake dollar bills stuffed in one of the chairs <laughs> during an episode of Fantasy Live. So apparently it's going well. A week or two ago, it was like two weeks ago, they we didn't actually shoot off the money guns and people were not happy. Oh. So we, we have to continue. We will make sure to shoot off the money guns this week. <laughs> people want their money guns. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, we do make it a central, central portion of this promo. So... Uh, I'm, I'm apologizing for those of you who were deprived of money guns a couple weeks ago. It won't happen again. <laughs> uh, what will happen is a break, though. We're going to come back, and we are going to uh, dive into our pack of Panini trading cards. And uh, are there things that should make us a little bit worried about Christian McCaffrey? We'll ask that question and attempt to answer it next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's talk about the Bills and the Colts, and let's focus in on Stefan Diggs. He of uh, the big breakout game last week, uh, his biggest game of the season. So, question is, will he go over 100 yards for the second straight game this week? I think this is a favorable spot for him to do so. The Colts have struggled against receivers all year, but they're really good against the run, so we know the Bills will abandon the run if the pass game is going. I think it comes down to usage. Like, that... Last week, 13 targets, it was a tied a season high, but the air yards was by far a season high from him in this game. The tar air yards per target was up dramatically. So I think it kind of comes down to are they going to just be willing to be like, hey, instead of trying to spread the ball out like we've been doing all year, can we just admit that Stephon Diggs is our best piece and be like, hey, you guys can't stop him, so I think we're going to like we're just going to keep targeting him until you do. I, I like his chances of doing so, but I think that's kind of the determination determining factor the Bills going to look to spread the ball out as much as they have been I, I think see that's the thing and and I've, I've been saying it like I don't think that somehow Stefan Diggs has become worse at football it's just that the Bills have found other options uh, and so I think that's been the big thing I, I'm gonna say yes I'm gonna say he gets over 100 yards this week uh, I you know I think they found something that they sort of like I think you know Josh Allen remembered hey I, I enjoy throwing to this guy and we're productive and successful when we do it so I think I think it's going to happen potentially um but, uh, you know, again, they don't necessarily need that in order to be successful. So uh, we'll see if they uh, you know, decide to find some other options coming up in week 11. All right. Next on our uh, our little cavalcade of fun here. Christian McCaffrey, CMC, uh, a guy who finds a way to score 20 plus points, even when he's not scoring touchdowns. Cam Newton is back. Hooray for that. Except for the part where Cam Newton scores rushing touchdowns near the goal line. Should we be worried about CMC's touchdown upside with Cam back? Yes, but I also think it gets overblown because uh, Cam Newton is just the greatest rushing quarterback, at least touchdown-wise, near the goal line ever. Like Since he's been drafted, he leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns, and it's not even close. No quarterback ever has nearly as many rushing touchdowns as Cam, 
But I went back to uh, Christian McCaffrey's 2018 season. The rushing touchdowns were down compared to 2019, which is when he had his otherworldly season. But inside the five-yard line, that season with Cam, he had six touchdowns. The season after where he was the greatest running back ever outside of 06 <laughs> LT, he had just eight. So it's only a difference of two. I think naturally Cam, when he, we get near the goal line, we have to worry about it. But it's not like Cam is going to take all of the touchdowns and Christian McCaffrey is going to get none. So it is a concern, but I also think it's one that gets way overblown. I mean, I think what what helps make up for it is just the volume of, of one of touches, but of targets he gets. Too. Yeah. Uh, and it was a thing that, you know, Rank was talking about on Fantasy Live the other day. It's like you can almost pencil in 10 catches for, for Christian McCaffrey. You can get like eight to 10 catches a game, which you're starting at a floor of like eight points. Just yeah. on him catching the football. That's before you factor in any receiving yards, any rushing yards, and you know the idea that maybe he breaks a rushing touchdown from 20 yards out. Or on the off chance, he gets you know a short receiving touchdown or maybe even gets a short rushing touchdown. So, uh, I mean, I don't think it's a fluke that Christian McCaffrey consistently can score you 20-plus points without getting in the end zone. So any touchdowns you get are sort of gravy. Uh, on top of everything else he gives you on a weekly basis. I, I think this past week was just a reminder that when healthy, Christian McCaffrey is still the best fantasy still, asset there is. I mean, there's a reason that even despite injury concerns, he went number one in a lot of leagues because of what he can do. So uh, back to the game previews. Uh, we go back to the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals head up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Uh, some potentially good news. Kyler Murray is back and practicing in Cliff Kingsbury right now. Sounds optimistic uh, about Kyler getting back on the field. We wait to see what this means for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, but you know, if Kyler's back, you're starting him. Who else potentially are you starting in this game? I think Christian Kirk is a solid start, and that's whether D-Hop plays or not. Uh, Christian Kirk, the last couple of weeks, I know there's been no Kyler or no DeAndre Hopkins, but he's been outperforming Rondell Moore and A.J. Green and looking like, at the very least, he is the second best receiver there in Arizona since week five. He is just one game with single fantasy points and that was 8.6 so he shows us that he brings a safe floor we know the ceiling is is pretty high he could give us like 15 to 20 fantasy points so I think in what is a pretty good matchup here I think that you could start Christian Kirk uh, at the very least as like a wide receiver three or flex option yeah you know it's funny too because like I do I, I sort of put this on myself because I said that I was uh, I was giving up on Christian Kirk this year that I was going to let go of the rope and now he's doing the things that I anticipated him doing for years uh, so you're welcome um, but he's a good start this week I think even even if DeAndre Hopkins is there I think Christian Kirk is a pretty good start against Seattle Dolphins at the Jets um, first off Jets what are you doing uh, you 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 are reportedly starting Joe Flacco this week and I just want to know why I, I don't I get it. Mike White was bad last week. I understand. But he was also playing against a really, really good defense. So sometimes that happens. Uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, look, he's back and practicing again. He's the quarterback of the future. Uh, Joe Flacco is literally just a seat filler. Why you're starting him, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows outside of yeah. maybe whoever made that decision. for. Yeah. They say it's because of his experience and Miami rushes a lot. But like... So 
basically they're like, our offensive line is bad, so we want a guy who's used to getting the ball out quickly. Uh, anyway, I think it means, though, you can start Tua Tungavailoa because uh, the Jets' defense, it is bad. But also because Tua himself, before the finger injury, was starting to play some good football. And, you know, you, you want to talk about a guy who has the weight of the world on his shoulders. I mean, this poor dude can't ever stop hearing criticism no matter what he does apparently he's just never going to be good enough for the Miami Dolphins but uh, I, I do like what I'm seeing out of Tua in recent weeks it's an excellent matchup here so uh, you know especially two quarterback leagues especially if you're playing DFS but even you know depending on your quarterback situation uh, and what your matchups might be Tua could be an interesting option uh, I personally just outside of fantasy i'm just rooting for this dude to be successful because it just feels like nobody wants to give him a legitimate chance same I, i'm i'm rooting for Tua pretty hard now and uh, I, I have him as a qb1 this week he has shown us that he could take advantage of good matchups and that's exactly what this is all right uh last one for this section uh the texans and the titans uh, it's not great on paper, but uh, if we are looking for somebody maybe to put in a lineup, who are we looking at? I think Deontay Foreman is a sleeper here. Last week I was saying, like, take a shot on him because the like AP kind of looked washed. The Titans, it seems, feel the same way. This past week, Foreman led their backfield in snaps and carries, and he led them in yards. He also saw some usage in the passing game, which was new for him. The Houston Texans are a good matchup. We know that this is a team that the Titans – to quickly establish a lead in and then look to run. It's surprising. In the last two weeks, they've actually ran a little bit more than they did when they have Derrick Henry, showing that when they have a lead, they're not going to just continue to throw the ball. And it's kind of a revenge game in what is a good matchup against the Texans for Foreman. So I think this could be a game where maybe he gets an even larger share of the work. And if that's the case, I think then he's a a pretty nice sleeper this week. I'm expecting at some point in the very near future that the the Titans rather start to sort of de-emphasize Adrian Peterson just because he he just hasn't been effective. He doesn't look... Look, man, age catches up to just about everybody, right? He just looks like a guy who is older at the end of his career. Uh, And so maybe we start to see more Foreman uh, in that offense for, for Tennessee. Got a couple more game previews to get through the Lions at the Browns. Doesn't sound all that appealing, but, uh, you know, it's a game and and people will watch it and it will be played. Uh, I will say you should start Dearness Johnson, uh, in part because the status of Nick Chubb is still somewhat up in the air right now. But even if Chubb plays, I think I think Johnson's going to have a role in this offense. The guy has just been too effective when he gets opportunities to see him completely go away right now Uh, in the Lions. Yeah, they're they're still not good. They still don't have a win. Uh, they're not going to go 0 and 16 or 0 and 17 this year, I should say. Uh, so good for them, hooray! Uh, but Deionis Johnson, again, like his spot starts, he's been amazing in both of those. But I think even uh, with Nick Chubb there, I still see him having a pretty good game. Especially uh, us hearing the news that uh, Baker Mayfield admits that he's kind of beat up right now. So maybe, maybe don't let him throw the ball 30 times. I'm yeah. just saying. This could be a game where they run like 40 plus times. Just we know that they could run all over Detroit and Baker. I mean, every game Baker basically like has to carry himself off the field with a new body part being hurt. So this could be a game for him to not take a beating for a change. They should make one of those uh, insurance commercials with him where he's at home. And at home is him like being in the cold tub or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like hanging out in the trainer's room, uh, getting treatment because that's been that kind of year for him. Uh, last one. It's the Sunday night football game. It is the Steelers and the Chargers are uh, our neighbors next door. They're going to be kind of getting after it on Sunday nights. Uh, what are we doing fantasy wise for this one? 
I'm saying you could start Justin Herbert, and I know a couple weeks ago that might have sounded obvious, but in three of the last four games, he has scored fewer than 14 fantasy points, and people are starting to get a little concerned. Plus, the Steelers' defense, I know, looks like they're trending in the right direction because early in the year, they were struggling against quarterbacks, and then the last six weeks or so, it's gotten better. But when you take a look at who they have faced, Teddy Bridgewater, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Justin Fields, who had his best passing game of his career against them, and Jared Goff, that is a big reason reason why. So Herbert is more like the quarterbacks that were lighting up the Steelers in the first month than he is these other quarterbacks. And second best schedule moving forward amongst fantasy quarterbacks. So I think this is a buying opportunity with Herbert playing a little bit down as of late. I I think you start him and I'm recommending trading for him as well right now. Uh, The other thing about uh, this matchup too, uh, TJ Watt very well may not play this week yeah. dealing with some injuries. So that, that takes a lot of potential pressure off uh, from that Steelers pass rush for, for Justin Herbert. All right. As we always do on Wednesday, close out the show with some of our sleeper picks for the week. Uh, who is your first one? Mac Jones. I like that. Quarterback on like Thursday it. night. Uh, I, I'm streaming him in a few leagues myself where I've been just, you know, streaming quarterbacks each week. Mac Jones has been playing well at least the last week. He he threw for three touchdowns, had almost 20 fantasy points. He has shown us that he could take advantage of good matchups. Like his other, like a couple weeks ago when he played the Jets, he went off for over 22 fantasy points. So the Falcons give up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And we know the Patriots are going to game plan against uh, the Falcons' weaknesses, which the secondary is a big one right now. So I like Mac Jones. I think he's trending in the right direction. Uh, I like him as a streaming option in Week 11. Yeah, I like him as well, too. Uh, I think the thing about Mac Jones, it's uh, it's maybe a lower ceiling, but it's a pretty high floor. And I think that's, that kind of keeps you as a safe option, especially if you're looking uh, to stream the, the quarterback position. Uh, I have Kenyon Drake as a sleeper. And last week was not good against the Chiefs. I mean, that game just got away from the Raiders pretty quickly. But before that, Drake was starting to become more of a factor in the offense. And he's looking kind of like the guy we thought he would be when the Raiders first signed him in the offseason. The first part of the season, he really was kind of persona non grata. Since they've made the switch to Greg Olson as the play caller, we have seen more opportunity for Kenyon Drake. We have seen him uh, kind of get some more more touches, some more targets in this offense. So uh, I think this is a very good matchup against a Bengals defense that has given up a ton of receiving yards to the running back position. So uh, I think Drake has a, a really good opportunity here this week. Yeah, I, I like Drake as well, and Marcus. This next sleeper, uh, he this is a deep sleeper. But I, I would love say. it because like I also wrote about him in my sleepers. Yeah, column. Adam Troutman of of the New Orleans Saints. Like he he has been getting more volume as of late. He has six or more targets in three straight games. He has the second most targets on the year from Trevor Simeon, and then he's got at least eight fantasy points in two straight. Plus, it is the best possible matchup for a tight end as the Eagles give up the most fantasy points. They're up there in yards and touchdowns and catches allowed to tight ends towards the top of the list. So I think in a good matchup with a quarter uh, tight end that has been getting safe volume as of late, this is a little bit of a deeper sleeper here, but who doesn't need tight end sleepers? I mean, the position is gross. So if you're looking for one in a little bit of a deeper league or something, Troutman is a name I think uh, for you. I, I liked him before the season as a deep sleeper. I like him this week uh, as a deep sleeper. I'm going to close this out with Miles Gaskin. I know jokingly, the, the whole thing about Miles Gaskin has been that he is good in odd-numbered weeks. Uh, this is week 11, so it stands to reason that he's going to be good, right? Uh, the other part of it is just the matchup against the, the Jets, who have been pretty abysmal uh, all the way around. I mean, I talked about using Tua as a potential starting quarterback this week. Um, it's been sort of hard 
to figure the situation when Miami is going to use Gaskin, but this seems like a week where he gets a whole lot of usage, especially if the Dolphins, uh, you know, the way they've been playing defensively the last couple of weeks, it feels like they can keep the Jets from scoring, and if they can put some points on the board, this could be a game where, especially in the second half, we see a lot of Miles Gaskin usage. Uh, he's been frustrating at times uh, in, in this season, but this seems like a week where uh, it seems like it's worthwhile to put him in the lineup. I can't figure out the Dolphins, man. Yeah. I, I can't either. The only thing you see there are consistent touches for Gaskin. Like I have him as my RB sixteen as of now, and that might even be going up depending on how some of these injuries and stuff shake out. But I agree with you, Marcus. I love I love Gaskin this week. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how this turns out. If you want more sleepers, you can check out my weekly column. It's at NFL.com slash sleepers. Uh, usually comes out on Tuesday afternoon or evening, depending on, uh, I guess, what time zone you live in. Of course, uh, we've got the Sunday show for you as well. NFL Fantasy Game Day. Uh, it'll be Florio. It'll be Kimmy Checks. I think this week it'll be Adam Rank, as he and I are on kind of a rotation program. But uh, there are no money guns there, but there's a lot of fun. There's, there's buckets of, like, fake chicken and crocs with with like little drumsticks on them it's wild they only appear for a minute but you gotta you have to watch closely otherwise you miss them uh but check us out it starts at noon eastern on sunday you know all the places the nfl fantasy app the nfl app uh, nfl.com you should know by now it's you week should 11. i mean i say it all the time it's a whole mouthful and you should probably remember it by now it's week 11 so there it is uh that gets us through our show that's it that is it we are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by Subway. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if someone owns a piece of land, do they own it? All the way to the center of the earth. Also remember, birds are not real. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Get vaccinated. Enjoy week 11, and we will see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.